Greetings, Christian Faith Baptist Church disciples, saints of the Most High God. Welcome to another Bible study. It's good to see uh, everyone as we uh, gather our hearts together um, with a hunger and a thirst um, for the Word of God. And it's also an opportunity for us to fellowship together. Um, we are so grateful that we do have the opportunity to fellowship together uh, physically um, on Sunday. And while I uh, say that, please remember um, to uh, sign up and sign up Genius for those who will be attending uh, in person. Uh, masks are required. Uh, the limit is 100 people. And thank you so much for being such a cooperative body of uh, spacing out. Um, and even as we space through the social distance, so to speak, um, we still love and praise the Lord. So um, it's good yeah. that we can um, be, be together. Uh, let's, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for another night uh, in fellowship together in your presence. And we pray that your word would penetrate our heart. Um, and whatever things need to be rooted out, um, root them out. Whatever needs to be filled, Lord, fill us. Um, but we receive your word with gladness. Father, direct our conversations, our thoughts, and our desires towards you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Those who have been uh, joining us uh, the last few weeks, you know we are in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, so Sermon on the Mount, as a reminder, is chapters five through seven of Matthew's gospel. And it is, um, for, for the most part, one would say his, uh, Jesus' longest sermon, or it's really a teaching, um, and he's teaching about the kingdom of God. So I don't want to uh, forget about that, that this is, the construct is living, um, in the kingdom of God and what the Lord wants for us, not only the kingdom of God that is to come, but how we are to conduct our lives even right now. And we have been and will continue to be challenged. <clears throat> One of the uh, verses that, uh, let me just go ahead and read Matthew chapter five, verse 20 again. We've read that before, um, but I want to read it again because it is a key verse as we're studying these various challenges um, and uh, to how to live in the kingdom of God. Verse 20 of chapter five says, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So that was a shocker. That was the uh, kind of the, the, the shot across the bow. Um, that Jesus put that out there. And that was uh, amazing to the listeners because they were the gold or platinum standard or so they thought. Mm -hmm. And uh, last week we were challenged with, um, you have heard it said, do not commit murder. But then Jesus takes it to a whole nother level. And as we get to it today from beginning at verse 27, uh, that will continue. So can I have somebody read uh, 527 through... Uh, 32. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully 
has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away, it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away, it is better for you to lose part one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, especially for sexual immorality, makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So the, the bar has been raised. Um, so in the next few uh, that we'll talk about where Jesus says, you have heard it said, and then he has a response to that. Um, and in this, as we get into this particular scripture, um, he starts off with, you have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. And everybody knew that, right? From the 10 commandments. So this was ingrained uh, in them as part of what's called the Decalogue or the 10 commandments. So that was not an issue. So he starts off with something that is known um, that you shall not commit adultery. But let's start off with, go ahead. Okay, so let's, let's start off with some definitions and uh, as we go along, because this is gonna um, impact not only this particular section from 27 to 30, um, but it will also impact verses 31 through 32. What is adultery? You want me to define it? Or is somebody willing to kind of help define it? You know, the reason why I, I'm, I, I have it kind of written down for myself, but I want everybody to take a deep breath mm. in and then out. It's okay to talk about sexual immorality and those kinds of issues uh, through our Bible study and the word of God. So it, it will be challenging, uh, but this is, Jesus hits it right up front. So sexual, um, I'm sorry, adultery is sexual intercourse between a man, married or unmarried, and the wife of, the, of another man. And you can hear the words that I'm using, uh, kind of male dominate, dominated. Uh, you can also apply female, but especially in this particular context, in that particular uh, culture, it was a male dominated um, society. So that's why I'm using um, the male as a as a baseline. So again, the definition is sexual intercourse between a man, married or unmarried, and the wife of another man. So let, let's talk about the, the significance um, and the challenge of what's the impact of adultery? Why was this, you know, in, in the Ten Commandments, why do we believe that it was there? Well, we have to go back to Genesis chapter two, verses 23 through 25. So if somebody could turn there to Genesis chapter two, 
verses 23 through 25. And whoever finds it, please read it. Doesn't matter what translation, uh, but we just wanna make sure that we kind of cover a baseline um, of what um, Jesus is dealing with and challenging with them with. Does anybody have it? Genesis 2, verses 23 through 25. I have it. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of a man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Okay. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Amen. So that's, the, that's what God created from the very beginning. Uh, when he created Adam and Eve, male and female, and he put them in the garden, um, he says some dynamic things that we won't really get a whole lot into. Um, we can also look at Ephesians 5, covers some of this. But basically, this is a marriage covenant. And so that's an, an important uh, statement. This is a marriage covenant. Um, and, and this covenant, and Paul says it again in Ephesians 5, but I speak of Christ in the church, it reflects a covenant relationship that it's, it mirrors what our relationship uh, with God is all about. And when, and when they looked at a covenant in the Old Testament, it was one that would not be, it's, it's binding. It's not a contract uh, where you do this and I'll do that. It's a covenant or agreement a binding agreement um, that was unbreakable. And so when the Lord deals with adultery, he is talking about now you have attacked what I have created in the beginning to reflect my relationship with my people. And as a matter of fact, whether you read in Hosea and other Old Testament prophets, Adultery was often used as a, an analogy of the broken covenant between God and his people. Um, and so that's, that's the significance or the importance of it, that it was even used as an illustration because that was God's design from the very beginning, that a man would leave his father and mother and do what? Please. Please. Glued, stuck to, not stuck to like I'm stuck with this person, but stuck to as a as a bond um, that was unbreakable. And so uh, when the Lord sees this and, and he says, you have heard it said you shall not commit adultery because you're you're breaking the covenant relationship with each other. And it's important to realize that a lot of these things that we're discussing is about our relationship with one another. Um, just as we dealt with anger last week, um, that was a relational issue. And, it's, and this is what's going on here. Um, so, but I tell you, so what does Jesus say? Um, he doesn't say that that's wrong, that you've heard it said this, okay. But now here's, I'm raising the bar. But I tell you what? Whosoever looked on a woman to lust after her had committed adultery with her already in his heart, 
Okay. okay. I didn't know. Uh, wait a minute. Who was that? Yeah. Barbara. Was that, um, that was Barbara. No, ma'am. I, I appreciate how you uh, emphasize certain things. Adultery with her in his heart. And so that's that. And I appreciate that because that's uh, what we're going to be looking at. It says, anyone, so you shall not commit adultery. Okay, now what Jesus says, anyone who does what? Looks lustfully. Looks lustfully. Looks lustfully. Okay. So, you know, I like songs. So I'm going to sing a song. Not really sing a song. And it's from Sunday school. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see, right? Mm -hmm. So anyone who looks lustfully, huh? Let let's let's talk about that. And I'm I'm not even getting to the heart, the heart yet. Looks lustfully. Let's talk about that. What what does that what does that quote unquote look like? L look lustfully. Like sin, you might as well go ahead on with the act. You know, if you, okay. you, you use it or think about it in your mind, then that's the, that's where the sin begins. Okay. And you know, that that was I guess that's what um you, you're trying to get get to. Yeah, that's part of it. So um Eyes are part of the senses, right? Okay. Right. So that's one. Anything else? Who looks lustfully. Has already committed adultery with her in his heart. In his heart. Looks, heart. Lust, looks lustfully. So there's some something in the... It's not simply the act. Well, I, I didn't commit the act. But it's but the, in your heart. So he's dealing with the heart. Scripture says, guard your heart for from it flows the issues of life. And so it causes us to examine ourselves what's within our heart. Not just the act, but even beforehand, where is our mind wandering? As uh, Brother Butch talked about, what we're thinking about, what we are feeding, uh, our, our, our sen senses. And for example, um, advertising. Mm. How do they use lust and sexuality they use it as a marketing tool right certainly they uh know that there's something in the heart of this seeking after pleasure so that's one way that it's a, what i'll call a gateway so through the eyes the the senses what what else can we can we talk about Okay, we're on a computer or a phone. We're mm -hmm. on the web and we are 
Perfect. Innocently browsing. We hit Google. We're innocently yeah. browsing on the recipe for, again, there I go with food again, right? The it's recipe okay. for Brussels sprouts. Not my favorite. Um, but what pops up? What kind of advertisements pop up from time to time? All sorts. Uh, all, all sorts of sexual things. Sexual. Yes. And so sexual. Uh -huh. uh, Lustful. to the sexual nature. Uh, mm -hmm. I like sports. So I'm on ESPN, the app. And? And I'm checking sports scores. Because I want to see whether the Boston Red Sox won or not. But down in the corner, there's an ad promoting or a scantily clad woman. And it could be a scantily clad man, whatever. So it's a way of a gateway. So no matter what you are doing, we have to be on our guard um, because it can feed um, our senses. Anything else? Because we want to guard our heart. So anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart. How does this Pastor challenge Keith. us? Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Pastor, Pastor Keith, several years ago, one of our former presidents, Jimmy Carter, had, you know, confessed that he had lust in his, oh, yes. during yes. his life. Uh -huh. And people really frowned on him for saying that, but he was being honest. Yes. And I think people could not uh, respect him for being so honest. And isn't that something? So mm -hmm. that's part of the challenge. Looks lustfully. Um, so it deals with our sexuality. It deals with our senses. And that we have to be on the guard and looks closely at ourselves is what's in our heart. How do we how does he say to deal with that? If your right eye causes you to sin, cut it out. Got, and my translation says gouge it. Gouge it, yep. And throw it away. Mine says pluck it out. Tear it out. Pluck it out. Pluck it out and cast it from you. Pretty um. Uh, Pretty extreme, don't you think? Mm -hmm. So, do you think, was Jesus literally saying to us that we are to gouge or pluck out our eye? Or what? Uh, in literature, we call it hyperbole. Wait, hold on a second. It's in, my, it's in my notes, right? <laughs> oh, you Go, ahead. Go ahead. That's exactly what I was getting at. Go ahead. Yeah. We, well, I, the I didn't I didn't plan to define hyperbole, but it is exaggeration and for that's a purpose. For a purpose. And Christ, of course, in His teaching, gave us the worst case scenario mm -hmm. of how to handle our missteps. Mm -hmm. Of course. 
he didn't mean uh, going to go, well, get in the mirror and look at yourself and pluck your eye out. But he was saying, you might as well. If you're going to fix it, you've got to fix it to the extreme. And that's what hyperbole says. It's an exaggeration, but it, it's making the point of how important and how extremely important this move is. Thank you. Um, because I wanted to make sure that we, we understood that. Because uh, if you look at this and other background of that is that the people listening would have understood that because that was a technique that they were familiar with in rabbinic or uh, a rabbi teaching. So this was not unusual for this kind of illustration. Um, but uh, you capture something that this is so important. And again, he uses right eye always when they use the right, not always, but most of the time they use the right. It's a symbol of your strength. And so you're saying that you are willing to even get rid of what you would consider the strongest part uh, of who you are. And that's to get rid of it uh, because this is so important. So if your right eye causes you to sin, or in my translation, causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. So that's how important it is. He uses another example or Deacon Brown hyperbole. If your right hand causes you to stumble, what does he say to do? Cut it off. Cut it off. Um, it, it just speaks to the fact that this is so important. Whatever it takes uh, for us to have uh, the right mindset, the right heart, that we're willing to take extreme measures um, mm -hmm. to be able to walk in purity in the kingdom of heaven. How does this happen to us as believers? How can we, since we're not going to uh, gouge our eye out, we are not going to cut off our right hand. Um, so if we are struggling with this issue, how can we overcome? How can we deal with this? We can't through just the power, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. So but we're going to have it's going to take some rigid di discipline on our part to do so, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. A through the power of the Holy Spirit, through prayer, through uh, uh, continual, um, you know focusing on the Lord and having the resources. That's why we talk about scriptures like thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. So that when those thoughts do come, I didn't say if those thoughts come, I said when those thoughts come that we can immediately have be at the resource of God's word um, have an attitude of confession um, and so that we can make sure that we are walking uh, upright uh, in the kingdom of God. So this is that's how significant it is uh, when we're walking with the Lord, whatever it takes for us to um, walk in purity and holy um, and righteousness through. Uh, thank you, uh, Deacon Teasley, through the power of the Spirit, that's what we're going to do. And Anything Pastor else? Keith, Go ahead. Pastor Keith, um, 
as you were talking about being confessional and and uh, prayerful and all of those things, sometimes a person can be so weak and addicted that they need you know actual medical, psychological, or kind of assistance. And that yes. confession part comes in because if nobody knows, if you think you're keeping it to yourself and you're continuing, you know, the behavior, then it's difficult to teach you to pray and to, to reach out to others who can help. Speaking of that, I don't know if anybody saw on the news that the physician who had abused, sexually abused all of the various high-performing athletes, yes. uh, Olympic winners, I mean, very, very talented young women, that he would spend the rest of his life in prison. Mm. Uh, and, and that's the kind of deep lust and and I don't know if it's lust or if it's something else that that really requires professional help. Yes, and has to be dealt with. And, and one of the things that we I did not get to yet it says it is better than facing the fiery punishment okay. of hell. Hell. So you mentioned about going to prison. Jesus raises that up even a notch, is that you don't want to fall into the punishment of eternal punishment uh, because of our lack of self-control um, when we have a resource in the Holy Spirit. I want to go back to something that Deacon um, Brown said, and that's from, uh, uh, although you did not uh, use the specific scripture from James chapter five, it talks about confess your faults to one another. Uh, I think it's 516 or so. Confess your faults to one another that you may be healed. Um, and so in the uh, sacredness of a uh, spiritual guidance, or for some it's through uh, group counseling or individual therapy or through medical pharmacology. So there's a lot of ways that God will help us to deal with that kind of addiction, um, because that's exactly uh, what it can be. Um, and notice. I have something to say. This Go is ahead. Bonita Brown. Um, also, you have to know your enemy. He seeks to destroy us, and he wants to steal our spirit. Yes. And he's doing a good job the way it seems. You have to know sometimes that it's the devil trying to make something um, out of whatever is happening in your life but you have to know your enemy and you have to use self-control and you sometimes you have to know that it's a devil attacking you mm -hmm. and um, to get help and that there's help as well. yeah and and that you know i was going to say um something along with that but to expand on that um and that is you notice that while I agree that the enemy um, will help to enhance 
um, the situation. Uh, I used some illustrations before about you innocently on the web or you, you in a certain environment. Uh, but whenever we sin, we are still responsible. Um, so we don't want to be the Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. Um, if anybody remembers Flip Wilson. Um, so we have to own our own failures, shortcomings, sinfulness, because um, we can become, uh, in a sense, blaming, blaming others for our action. And notice here, um, the, Jesus never <laughs> blames the woman for the man's lust. But it goes right to the man, says, no, that's you are the one with the issue. You're committing adultery in your heart. Um, so we have to own that, but also recognize um, that, yes, the enemy and sometimes the enemy is self. And sometimes the enemy is, you know, you can look at Proverbs, talks about the, the foolish uh, youth who go, <laughs> goes down the street. Uh, listening to the uh, the wayward voice, and so we have to make sure we're putting ourselves in a position, but at the same time we still have to own it um, that we can confess our faults one to another. Anything else there? This is a uh, very powerful. What the Lord says, yeah, that's true, but let me tell you to deal with what's in the heart, the heart of the issue. A pastor. Go ahead. Because it was a male-dominated society, Jesus used the man as example. Yeah. But it also Correct. falls on the woman as well. He, the man was just the example that Jesus used because of the male-dominated society. And I like the way you talk, Pastor. You're so nice and and <laughs> you put it so, so well and so educated. Oh, that's, so, that's so nice. Thank you. Yeah. But, but, but you know what, Pastor? I can put it right down to the nitty gritty. If you walk out, if sometimes you go to Walmart and the way they be walking around and dress. Yeah. And, and what, what Jesus means, what Jesus is saying is that you don't, you, if you, if you, if it helps you not to look at it, don't look at it. You be looking yeah. at it with your eye, but have your mind somewhere else. Because some yeah. things are hard to avoid the way people dress nowadays. They dress. Yeah. So they can attract your attention, so you can look. But the Bible tells you don't look at it. Have like you're having your eye plucked out. Just don't look at it. If you don't need to look at, it, don't look at it. That's that's a that's a tall that's a tall order. Um, yeah, that's a tall order. Be, because you know, and I wanted to get get back to so if you are in Walmart, Target, whatever, wherever. And yes, people dress a certain way. So that's part of the that's part of the reality and the challenge. But we still can't blame the person. We still have to own. Um, and so I've heard many years ago, it's it's not that first look, it's the prolonged first look. Um, but you do have to have somebody use the word discipline um, to look away. Um, maybe again, that's uh, certain um, sites. Uh, that we may normally visit, you say, no, I'm not even going to go down there. Mm -hmm. And as soon as it pops up, you um, exit, delete. Um, that includes uh, when we're watching, you know, we're talking about our, our sexual drives and attractions. And so what, 
what do we need to what do we need to do to deal with that? And so sometimes it's taking the remote and saying, no, nope, this is not this is not good for me. Um, even if you paid, you know, nine, nine or fourteen dollars to go to a movie and it, it's getting uh, a little bit too much, uh, you may have to get up and leave and uh, you know, forfeit that fourteen dollar uh, price that you paid for admission, even though probably none of us are going to uh, the movie theater right now. Uh, or you're watching on HBO Max, you know, you may just have to say, no, maybe I should not be watching this. And so we have to guard our heart. So yes, there are plenty of temptations. Yes, um, there is the looking at the heart. Um, but one of the things that he does not do is um, give, like the Pharisees, is a bunch of rules. So he deals with what's in the heart. And if we are become uh, a slave to that, we can become victims of going down a road of adultery, not only in our heart, because sometimes once it's, once it's in the heart, then the next thing it's, uh, uh, was mentioned in the mind, and then our actions may start going that direction. So we're hitting it at the root. Anything else? Pastor. Go ahead. Um, before we take that second look, we need to pray and ask the Lord to help us and we need to flee from sin and evil because if we take this second look, we'll be like David, caught up going too far. Yeah, you know what? And I, I appreciate you bringing up that because again, um, the so a lot of people in the past had had blamed Bathsheba, but it's no, it was David who took that uh, prolonged look, and then he had his people to act on his behalf. So, um, you know, abuse of power, um, all those things that were, were in play there. Um, but he still had to, he still had to be confronted that it was, he is the one that had sinned. So yes, um, you know, we do need to pray and ask the Lord, but also to walk in wisdom because there's some situations that we need to avoid, walk around, um, sometimes go on the other side of the street, as I said, turn off the remote, click yeah. off that website, whatever it takes um, uh, to say, no, I don't, I don't, that is not good for me as a believer. That is not good for me as a child of the Lord, uh, because this will take up root uh, in my life. And that can be destructive because once it takes up root, then that can give way to so many other things and we make excuses for the other things. Well, I, I didn't really do anything, so I'm okay. And then you make excuses. Um, it's, it's that serious because it can be a gateway for other things. Anything else? This is good. Pastor, I, I got a comment that the, uh, Verse eight, uh, 28 says, but I say that every man who looks at a woman lustfully. Now, there's, there's two things, looking and looking lustfully. God, God made the, the, the beauty of the earth to be a whole, but Satan is the author of lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. life. Mm -hmm. And so 
that, that there's a separation between beholding and lusting. Yeah, and and I and I want to, in one sense, challenge that a little bit um, because again, the lust comes from within. So yes, Satan tempted, but it was still a choice of Adam and Eve. So the lust and the evil, it still comes from within, um, while Satan provides ample opportunities for us to uh, go down the wrong direction. Right, and uh, temptation is not sin, but yielding to temptation yeah. is sin. Exactly. Which, which also uh, says, my, my study Bible said, uh, sinful desires and wrong desire left unchecked will result in wrong action and turn people away from God. And the key to what I thought was there was left unchecked. Yes. And it, I, I believe that's the case is that once we have to recognize that we have an issue and then we have to deal with it, whether it was, as uh, Deacon Brown mentioned earlier, if it goes to the point of having to get counseling, whether it's having a confidant uh, where you can be uh, in confession, have an accountability partner, especially if you're struggling in a certain area, so that we can walk in, in victory, uh, whatever it takes. The extreme is uh, gouging our eye out or cutting off our right hand, but there's other approaches. Basically, it's Whatever it takes for you to be, to walk right with the Lord, this is what he wants us to do. <laughs> Let, let's go over to, and we're not going to, we only have a few minutes and I will not try to rush through the next two verses. I will read it and then uh, we'll just maybe just reflect on where, where we are up to this point. Um, Matthew chapter five. 31 and 32. I'll just go ahead and read those couple of verses. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So as I mentioned, um, I'm not even going to attempt to get into that because that is a significant uh, issue, especially in our current uh, society and on different views of divorce. And a lot of people have quoted the statistics you know, that um, practically 50% of marriages uh, end in divorce and then same thing for second marriages. So it's um, the whole thing about marriage, divorce and what it represents. Some of that is what we already talked about uh, from Genesis. And so this is a significant issue when it comes to um, walking uh, the way that the Lord wants us to walk. Uh, I want to go back to what Deacon Brown mentioned earlier in, in, in terms of the definition of hyperbole. 
remember, Jesus is using some extreme examples to make a point. And so I don't want us to get hung up in some of the discussion um, so that we have to discern how to, how to uh, navigate this because it is going to be challenging um, for us. But the Lord really wants us to understand this is the cost uh, of living for him in the kingdom of God. Um, this is God's standard. And don't, don't use, like I said, verse 20, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, because they had some of their own thoughts on adultery and divorce and relationships, but I'm raising the bar. So I'm just going to stop there. Uh, rather than trying to delve into that any further, and we can bring it up, talk about it again next week. So we'll start with um, chapter five, verses 31 through 32 next week, and also verses 33 through 37 on next week. And that is on oaths and uh, the issue of, of divorce as it relates to it within the Sermon on the Mount. Any any comments on what we have we, we kind of set a mouthful tonight, um, and I pray that you are challenged um, in our own lives. So, what are those things in our lives um, that we need to address and deal with, and understand that sometimes it takes extreme measures, but it's all by the grace of God, the power of His Spirit. He's given us the resources and the tools um, to walk in holiness and walk as people uh, of God, because we are called to be salt, light, city set on a hill to bring him glory. Amen? Amen. 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 Um, if you could uh, um, see me up close right now, um, you would see me like, phew, I'm sweating. That was a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll just use the words that uh, Reverend Tripp used last week. I don't, I don't say it tight, but it's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's tight, but it's right. Don't say it. I won't say it. He said it. <laughs> Please say it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's, let's uh, uh, go before the Lord in prayer. And I'm going to close in prayer tonight. But if there are any... Uh, prayer request uh, that we want to lift up. Uh, I also want to remind, thank you so much for those who are able to join for prayer at 630. Uh, what a time of, uh, sometimes I'm, I'm, as I'm listening, I'm just imagining what that really sounds like to the Lord as the prayers ascend as incense to him. And uh, I know, I believe that it's pleasing to him that his people are, are lifting him up. So um, I'm really, uh, I am sometimes just overcome um, by the desire to draw near to the Lord because he promises as we draw near to him, he in turn is going to do what? Draw, draw near, near to us. Um, so any prayer requests as we prepare to close tonight? Hi, uh, yeah, this is Betty Nancy. I asked that, um, good evening. I ask that uh, everyone pray for my sister who will be going to an appointment tomorrow at Duke that all goes well with her procedure. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. 
Yeah, this is Ivy. Is that, is that um, Sudie, Danny? No, that's my sister Grace that oh, lives okay. here in Raleigh. I have okay. five sisters. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this, this is Ivy. I, I'd ask that you uh, pray for those, um, uh, pray for the folks that are mourning uh, due to um, life transition, death, um, and um, pray for uh, Sandra and I uh, for our travels on next week. Okay. Pray for those who will be going into a procedure next week for God's healing and God's protection and let them not be anxious about anything, but trust Amen. God. Amen. I'd like to ask prayer for my mother who likes to go home to her home <laughs> occasionally and uh, her daughter is not as comfortable with her being at home by herself mm -hmm. and I would ask that that we pray for her that for her safety and her yeah. well-being and anyway, for, any, for any mothers who are living Older mothers who are living independently. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that earth has no sorrow, that heaven cannot heal, because you're a healer. And so that's why we come before you, first of all, saying, Lord, we thank you. Thank, Thank you, you Lord, that you set your love upon us. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God and you hold, um, you keep the earth in its rotation, uh, the stars and the moon uh, in their place. Um, it's, it's not by random, um, but it's because of the, your power and your might and you have a plan and a design. And so, Father, we acknowledge that you are holy and righteous yes, together. There's none yes, like that. Father, we praise you, O oh God, because we you told us to cast all of our cares upon you because uh, you care for us. And for those who are uh, caregivers for older parents or older family members, we pray for their strength as well as the uh, those that are the more senior that need uh, guidance, protection, wisdom, and those who may be suffering from memory loss or any yes. kind of... Uh, debilitating disease that you would protect them father there's some that do not have the resources to have a hired uh, nurse or uh, someone to care for them we pray lord for those families that you would uh, provide them relief uh, and extra measure of grace Father, for those that are traveling, we pray for traveling mercies um, wherever their destinations are, that you'll keep them safe on the uh, on the roadways or the highways or the airways, wherever, whatever the means of travel are, we lift it up before you. For the sick and the shut-in, for those that are grieving, uh, for those that are going through procedures uh, uh, in the next few days and in the next week, that your peace uh, we'd be upon them and that the physicians and all that, those that provide the care uh, would uh, just that you're, you would guide their hands and their action. Father, we pray for the body of Christ, uh, Christian Faith Baptist Church, Lord, that you would look upon us with favor. There is nothing like the favor of God. And so Lord, we thank you for your favor that you've already done. 
And we want to bask in that, Lord, that, that uh, when the challenging times come, always uh, remind us that you have favored us and you've called us for a purpose. Father, when our cup is overrunning and we just are so amazed, let us still remember where our help comes from and that you provide for our need. And so, Father, uh, bless us this night um, as we leave this time of fellowship that you might get the glory in all that we say and do. Yes. In Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless everyone. So glad that you were able to join tonight. Um, Lord willing, see you on the weekend. Amen. 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 Good night and a blessed Good week. Good night, all. God bless. Good night. Good night, everyone. Have a blessed week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, I'm going to sign off. Everybody good. Have a good night.